left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders shared their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Welcome to today's Infielder Spotlight. You might notice that this is Jim Pfeiffer, not Chad Ackerman. We are occasionally going to do a uh, highlight a forum post, and we have a really great one today. Someone posted a question about a passive investing plan and what kind of plan we have. So I'm going to go over what I replied, my plan, which is not very comprehensive and really just a vague strategy. And then I'm going to bring in a guest who's going to go over his very specific plan. And that guest is infielder Pat Wills. And Pat works in software and has been just an incredible resource for left field investors with the crypto bullpen that he runs as part of our infielder group. He also is constantly volunteering to help with other things and has done some awesome work on our website, including implementing the new event calendar, our deal webinar page, and much more. So first, I'd like to say, Pat, welcome to the Infielder Spotlight Show. Thanks for having me, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here. And also, thank you so much for all the contributions you do for left field and the infield. We do appreciate that as well. Of course. Yeah, it's, it's great to be able to help out with something that I care deeply about. Awesome. So the first thing I'm going to do is, again, the question was kind of what is your passive investing plan? And are there any resources and things like that for people to help? And we had so we had a great question and we got some answers. And, and my answer was not nearly as good as Pat's, as you'll find out. But my focus is on cash flow, right? Because I don't have a W-2. So I have an allocation to speculation and some appreciation assets, but mostly I'm focusing on cash flow, current benefit now. And it's less of a plan and more of a, of a general strategy, right? I'm diversifying by sponsor, asset class, and market. And I also try to think about debt structure and length of investment. So those are some of the criteria when I'm trying to decide how to allocate my capital. I also use low interest rate debt through a HELOC and also my life insurance to do private lending and heavy cash flow investments like the ATMs because those give cash to me quickly and I can pay down those loans and the interest on those loans. I also have nine investment tribes through TribeVest and those each have a purpose, but they're mostly growth focused because we're not taking distributions from those. So those are, I'm not getting cash flow from. The cash flow is immediately invested back into the business and to invest in more properties. I use leverage to amplify returns through syndications. I know when people talk about syndications, sometimes they don't think they're having leverage because you're just investing $25,000 of cash or $50,000, but the leverage comes on the side of the operator. I used to do that through loans on my active properties, but you still get the same leverage through syndication. So that amplifies my returns. And again, the forum question asked about resources, which I think is difficult to come up with resources because each individual is so different regarding their goals and their financial situation. So it was also mentioned that most investment plans that this, the person that posted saw are based on a target net income figure translated in to the number of free and clear houses you have. And so I don't really like that strategy because it eliminates the leverage it might give you peace of mind to have no debt if you're buying your own assets and you have a bunch of single family homes. 
but you really do lose something because the return on equity of a house that's paid off is zero. So I still like to have leverage, but that's what the plans had. So I'm not sure exactly how to look at it that way. What I do is I concentrate on my monthly cash flow number. That is the number one thing I'm looking at. How much cash flow do I have so that I'm meeting all my expenses? And then I add a cushion on top of that. And then anything above that, I recycle into my investments. And I really also pay attention to the number one eroder of wealth, which is taxes. And I did get my tax return today. And I'm happy to say that I'm not really paying much in tax because I'm a full-time real estate investor. And if you do it right, which hopefully I'm doing it right, you don't end up paying much tax. So that is how I do it. It's a little bit unfocused. I realize that, but it's my strategy. And I just focus on my monthly cash flow number. So now I'm going to turn it over to Pat, who had a real strategy. And hopefully, if I can figure out how to put it in the show notes, you're going to see his drawing because it's phenomenal. And if it's not in the show notes and you want to see it, just send me an email, jim at leftfieldinvestors.com, and I will share it with you because Pat did a really nice job. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Pat and we're going to hear his plan and his strategy. Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. This started as a initial conversation with my wife where I was just scribbling stuff down on a piece of paper. And I'm an IT guy by trade, so I gravitate towards using a lot more numbers rather than just concepts and visual diagrams. So what I was preaching, basically translating off of all the podcasts and resources I've I've been listening to, was just kind of bouncing. It, It wasn't sinking in. So I whipped up this diagram to really convey the points that I wanted to convey in a more abstract mode. So a little bit about us. We are both still W2 employed. We are in capital growth mode. Our shorter term goals in terms of cash flow and income is to get my wife out of her W-2 job or at least have the ability to do so. She definitely enjoys her work a little bit more than I, but we at least want to have the option to step away if we want. So as an IT guy, I just whipped up a quick diagram in Visio to kind of formalize a little bit, and we'll just walk through the steps here. The first thing that we did was combine our monthly net income after taxes and then subtracted all the fixed expenses we had associated with it, like a mortgage, insurance, cell phones, that type of thing, to get what our bare bones minimum expenses were. And then after that, we looked at building up a six-month emergency savings balance with that net cash flow on a monthly cadence. We've stuck towards that six-month figure, but in the past couple months, I think we're going to grow it a little bit more, maybe go up to nine, maybe a full 12, depending on how things go. Yes, I am not efficient and I am losing to inflation, but I'm I'm also not losing sleep. So that counts for something. And then once we get our desired savings account balance, we do some very simple arithmetic and figure out what our 5% of that net income is after expenses, and then just automatically put that into a different account and spend it without any questions. We both have access to that account. We don't ask, we don't question it. We don't scrutinize each other's payments. And I kind of view that as a cheat day when you're on a diet. It helps with mental compliance. I mean, finances is difficult. It's an emotional subject. And just having the ability to go to some restaurant or buy some board game or something and not worry about it is really just good for everybody. And Pat, I like how on the diagram, you call that your guilt-free spending. And I just thought that was brilliant, right? Because like you said, it's like the cheat day. It allows you to go out and use some money for stuff that maybe you don't need. It's not a necessity, but it's just something you want to do. And that allows you then some freedom to spend money without thinking about it, which helps you then put more money into savings and other places because you've already taken care of that itch to like go do something fun or something like that. 
Exactly. Yeah. You scratch that itch. So it's easier for you to be compliant with the larger numbers that have commas with them, where those numbers actually matter a lot more. You know, $20 for a meal or something isn't going to make or break you, but four or $500 definitely will over time. So once we have that guilt-free spending, we take our remaining monthly cash flow and then split it up. Again, this is personal for every, every person. But for me, I split it into three streams, basically. One is my crypto portfolio. One is satisfying my infinite banking policy obligations, either the line of credit or the loan payments. Right now, I'm in my fifth year of the loan payments, so hopefully that'll go away soon. And then the last income stream is transferring money into an investment LLC, from which I purchase syndications or single-family homes. Looking at this diagram now, I'm not in the single-family home game, so I will need to update it a little bit. And then after we transfer that money into those various accounts, I've set up some goals in Mint so that I can basically track how close I am to twenty-five dollars or $50,000 minimum for a syndication. Once that goal is satisfied, then I'll go ahead and pull the trigger on that and then have the cash flow streams automatically pay back the infinite banking policy loan or line of credit or any other type of debt or leverage that I take out. I've tried to automate as much of this as possible because, I mean, it can be a lot to keep track of. It's a lot of moving parts. So I've set up automatic payments and transfers in my bank to basically take a lot of the work out of this for me. If other people are looking at doing this, what I would recommend is offset some of your transfers by a week or so off of what your plan is just to account for any type of hiccup, emergency issue. You don't want to have to go through and reverse a transaction and put on that extra work on yourself. It's just not really worth it. Some assumptions I was making to keep the math simple was a simple 12% per year. A lot of the deals have a lower upfront return and a higher back-end return, but the IRR is relatively average across the years, and 12% I thought was relatively conservative, plus it was easy for me to do the math. 12% per year is 1% per month, so I can do something in my head there. That's cool. Again, we're in growth mode, so we will be using the IRR a lot more as we're trying to build equity and then eventually transfer to more cash flow deals down the road. Our retirement goal, at least for my wife, is before we pull the trigger for her, is to get to 150% of her W-2 income. Again, just to account for lifestyle creep, expenses, emergencies, and then also allow for continued investment when things go correctly, which we would love to, to have that be the case. There's obviously a lot of improvements that we can make on this. Jim mentioned tax preferred investment. I'm still figuring out how to do that in Excel. I'm working on basically like a stoplight chart so I can track what our investment our W-2 income is versus our passive income. So we can really see progress towards that particular goal. I think I figured out how to do that, but just need to do a little bit more work there. So really, this is more like a monthly budget allocation chart as to finding a use and a home for your money on a monthly basis, and then have that align with your, your future goals. Hey, left fielders, it's Matt Piccini, your backstage guide to passive investing. I love sharing what I've learned about passive investing, which frees you up to do the things you really care about every day. If you'd like to improve life for yourself, your family, and leave your corner of the world a little better than you found it through win-win investment opportunities, then let's connect. I can help you transform your life and bring your priorities out from behind the curtains. Set up a meeting with me at Pacheni.com. That's P-I-C-H-E-N-Y.com. At BAM Capital, we democratize institutional grade multifamily assets for the individual investor. Since inception, we've averaged over a 31% annualized return net 
to our investors. My name is Ivan Barrett. I'm the founder and CEO of BAM Capital. I sincerely hope you go to the website capital.thebamcompanies.com and check out BAM Capital. That's phenomenal. And I think one thing I've noticed, you have two arrows coming into the investment LLC box, right? I know on a podcast for people to visualize this, but he has his monthly net income, as he said, divided into thirds, crypto portfolio, life insurance, and then the investment LLCs. So some of that money goes in the investment LLC, but you also have your life insurance money, some of it going into the investment LLCs. So are you saying that you do use the cash value of your life insurance to do actual investments. Is that what that arrow means? Yeah, I do. Thanks for calling that out. So to draw an analogy for people on right field, I basically set up a drip. So if you have a stock that pays out a dividend, you want to automatically reinvest that into purchasing more of that same underlying stock. I'm doing a very similar thing with my infinite banking policy. So I'll take out a loan against my infinite banking policy, transfer that money into bank account for the LLC, go purchase a syndication with it, And then when the syndication starts paying out, take that money back and pay off the IBC loan. So it's another form of more conservative leverage. Yeah, it's just another amplifier on top of uh, what the syndications offer and provide. And I'm doing the same thing with crypto too. So I've got some nodes and I'm I'm running some DeFi yield farming plays that obviously not taking leverage against a crypto position. That's a, a bad idea. But all the profits coming in there are just compounding and building up the balance to get further yield. And so with the syndications, when you get distributions to pay off your loan, are you paying the interest only or do you also pay down the principal trying to get that loan all the way to zero and then you take another one? I'm trying to pay off those loans pretty aggressively because the company that I'm with has, I forget the term, but it's that stipulation where if you have a balance against your policy, it impacts your accrual rate, your guaranteed dividends rate and all that. So it is more advantageous for me to pay off the loan more aggressively rather than just roll with the interest. My next step to sophisticate this a little bit more is look at the insurance-backed line of credit, but my balance on the account just isn't there yet. And that's another good option. I haven't done that either. And with the interest rates kind of changing and and going up, it might not be as cost-effective as it once was. But I think the picture I'm getting, and while I'm looking at it, but also just the general is you get your monthly net income from your W-2s, you and your wife, and then you kind of put it in four different places. You have mandatory spending, you have your emergency savings, your guilt-free spending, and then your investments. And that's a great way to look at it because those are four buckets that you're kind of splitting your money up into. And really, if your emergency savings gets to that nine months, then you don't have to keep putting anything in there, right? It just stays the same, hopefully, unless you have that emergency or opportunity. But you're really focusing on funneling as much money as you can into these other three buckets, crypto, life insurance, and the investments. You're talking about growth mode. That's where you're trying to grow your wealth so then you can replace and reduce your W-2 incomes. And then that monthly net income figure will also be supplemented eventually, hopefully, by the investments, which is going to put another loop and another arrow in your diagram. But this was just phenomenal. It's really an awesome way to look at it and It really doesn't do it justice without looking at the diagram because it really shows you the velocity of money, right? And as you're moving money through your personal financial system, you're amplifying it in places with leverage. It helps you focus. And although I don't have a picture like this, and if I did, mine would be a lot messier, it's kind of similar in what I'm doing, really trying to maximize growth, but also I have cash flow 
that I have for needs currently. So I think this was a great exercise and I think people got a lot of value in it. I think you posted yours and everyone else kind of said, oh, that's awesome. And so we didn't get a whole lot more posts on that because we had such an awesome response. So anything else you want to add to this before we close, Pat? You did bring up a good point. So having a visual indicator of where your money is coming from should inform what syndications and what deals you take on. So if I know that the money that got into that investment LLC is free and clear, EW2 income, I can take a deal that maybe doesn't pay out for a year or two and not really worry. But if I know that money is associated with insurance-backed loan and I have interest to satisfy, I'm probably not going to take a deal that hangs out for two years and doesn't pay anything. I'd probably want a more cash flow focused regular monthly cadence payout. So being able to visualize the source of the money would inform your investment decisions a little bit. That's very well said. And I think when I started this passive investing journey, mostly I was thinking, oh my gosh, I sold all my single family and multifamily active property. So I have this huge capital gain and I need to offset it. My first few months was focused on offsetting the tax. So I was investing in syndications that would give me a lot of bonus depreciation. And then I realized, oh, wow, I don't have a W-2. I need cash flow. So then I pivoted and I'm like, okay, I got to invest for cash flow. And so the reason I say that is because what you said is right. You need to understand what you're investing for and have a strategy that matches that. And then you can go forward and implement that strategy. And sometimes what I find myself doing, because I'm a huge chaser of the shiny object, and a lot of people like you, Pat, and others kind of reel me in sometimes, and I appreciate that. But when I chase a shiny object, it doesn't necessarily match my investment philosophy or my investment plan. And I need to do a better job of making sure that I'm investing in cash flowing assets for the most part, because that's where my income is coming. So Pat, thank you so much for this diagram and your post in the forum. It was phenomenal. We got a lot of good conversation. I got a lot of good education from it. And then also, I'd like to, again, thank you for all that you've done for Left Field Investors, the website. It's been phenomenal. And the crypto bullpen, if people are infielders and they're interested in the crypto bullpen, it is generally the first Monday of the month. And that is led by Pat and Eric Ward. So we thank you for that. And thank you for being on the podcast today, Pat. Thanks for having me, Jim. It's always a pleasure. Excellent. And that's all we have for this time. We will see you next time in the left field. Hi, this is Ryan Stieg, one of the co-founders of Left Field Investors. And I wanted to thank you for helping to build one of the most unique and engaging communities out there. You've brought your own skill sets, experience, and knowledge to help create tremendous value in a community that we could never have anticipated. We're excited to hear the stories that each one of you have to bring through this podcast series and to be able to share with our podcast listeners. We want to thank you again for your tremendous value that you've brought to the community and to help it become what it's become today. Thank you, and we can't wait to hear your story. Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. 
Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.